welcome to the Tioka Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of telecom, technology, and innovation. Today's topic is how service providers can leverage blockchain technology to help improve many of their business processes. Our guest is Jacob Howe, Tioka's Global Director for Machine Learning, Innovation, and Implementation. Welcome, Jacob, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Barb. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing with you some of the things that we've been looking at uh, within our innovation group. So I'm happy to have this conversation. Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. Um, So, uh, well, frankly, it's a topic, though, that's been in the news for some time, especially as it relates to cryptocurrency. That's kind of what most people think of it as. But, you know, now I understand that that, um, blockchain is really moving beyond the likes of Bitcoin. So can you explain for newbies like myself sort of what blockchain is and how it first came about? Sure. Yeah. Blockchain or distributed ledger technology, it's a technology that's been around for nearly 30 years now, but it's only recently gained more of a mainstream recognition and more traction within our industry. Uh, And it is more than just cryptocurrency. The idea for blockchain came out of an article written in the Journal of Cryptography back in 1991. And uh, two researchers, Stuart Haber and Scott Stornetta, were exploring how to ensure the documents were not being modified as they were being shared between different parties. Man, it's kind of crazy to think that this technology actually goes back 30 years. I think of it as so cutting edge. Was, uh, Was this all conceptual at the time, or did their paper actually outline all the nuts and bolts way back in 91? Yeah, they were outlining most of the nuts and bolts, uh, and uh, they struck on a couple of key concepts uh, that um, in later you know, became blockchain technology that we know today. Uh, the, the first of those key concepts was this idea of being able to link different documents together. They, they called these documents or, or records blocks. And uh, each of those blocks could be linked together using cryptography. They were each given a unique fingerprint. And, and then you know, those fingerprints you know, were persisted down throughout the rest of the chain. Uh, another key concept uh, that they struck on was keeping a record of all the transactions, all the records that were added to the chain on a distributed ledger. And that ledger was then put on a uh, peer-to-peer network to further increase its uh, security and and prevent people from being able to tamper with those those chains. And then the last feature came maybe a year later. Uh, there was another uh, gentleman, he's, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who's most well-known for Bitcoin. He came up with this idea of uh, proof of work or what we now know as mining, where, uh, where there is a consensus protocol that ensured that blocks that were being added to the blockchain by different nodes were, you know, would be added in the proper sequence. Wow. So this is seems a bit quite technical and rather theoretical. It's just kind of hard to get my head around a little bit. <laughs> um, how, how did you, I mean, can you give me some examples or help explain a little bit uh, in more, more common terms, I guess? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, here's, a description that that I like to share. You know, imagine you have a checking account and uh, you want to make a purchase, and we'll we'll call that checking account that you have your ledger, uh, and then um, you have an accounting group also you know, that you work with, and they also have copies of of your ledger as well. So 
those um, those accountants, we'll call them the miners. And uh, since you have a copy of the ledger and all the accountants have a copy of your ledger, we can say that that is a distributed ledger. Now, let's say you're surfing the internet, you're working from home, and you find something that you want to purchase. Well, then you send out a reply all to all the accountants, you know, informing of them of your purchase request. So each of those accounts are then going to uh, rush to be the first one to check your ledger and to make sure that you can afford it. And the first one that uh, to to be able to validate that that you have sufficient funds, he's going to hit reply all and say, "Yep, uh, you're able to uh, make this purchase, and here's my you know reasoning behind that." Well, all the other miners are going to you know check that, and if the majority of them reach a consensus, then they'll go ahead and they'll you know, approve that transaction and that transaction will be added to the distributed ledger. Everybody will make a copy and add that to, to their copy of the ledger. And uh, subsequently, you know, that blockchain grows with that additional transaction. Now, you know, this same concept it works really well in industries where there's a lot of multi-step transactions and, um, where traceability and visibility is required. And that fits really well with the telecom industry today. In our industry, uh, carriers are continually you know, buying and selling services from each other. If you think about the, the life cycle of within the telecom industry, they're um, always constantly um, entering into contracts, buying, buying services, there's quotes, there's orders, contracts, inventory, uh, provisioning systems, billing systems, disputes and payments, all of those transactions um, can be linked together and placed into a single location using a technology like, like um, blockchain. And further, since uh, blockchain has a lot of built-in security features, it's much easier for IT departments to accept and, and, and to um, implement. Uh, a blockchain technology rather than a lot of you know, access to a lot of one-off systems. Okay, interesting. Um, so it definitely seems like there are a lot of good reasons for, for telecom companies to be looking at this. Um, has there been much adoption or uptake so far? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, there's been quite a bit of exploration into blockchain. A lot of companies are exploring you know the you know ideal use case to to go after, um, but it's generally we're we're pretty early in the adoption life cycle, I would say. Uh, but there is one area in uh, that that a lot of carriers are starting to focus on is that, and that's the area of uh, smart contracts. Oh uh, well, what um, how do these work? What do smart contracts do? Yeah, so a smart contract is it's a special type of block on a blockchain. It's Basically, you can think of it as an application that runs on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. And uh, when certain criteria, certain information um, is passed to that application, then that application will self-execute. Uh, a, a good example would, that carriers are looking at is the area of um, service level agreement, uh, monitoring and enforcement. Uh, so uh, two carriers, they, they enter into an agreement and uh, there's a certain level of the service that's built into that contract. Well, that smart contract is going to continually be watching 
And then as soon as you know that service level you know dips below under a certain threshold, then it'll auto-execute and it would send out uh, immediate notification as well as um, even assess you know, whatever remedy you know, has been written into that contract. Uh, for example, some carriers you know may have put you know money into an escrow account and then if that service level agreement you know dips for some reason you know they can pull that money automatically out of that escrow account it all happens the, the great thing about this is it all happens automatically uh, and uh, doesn't require a lot of you know, manual or human monitoring or intervention it's all done automatically you know, through blockchain very cool. So, I mean, I can see that this could potentially really help, um, you know, a carrier's bottom line with a lot of this automation and, and shorten timelines to get cash in hand. What are, um, and certainly with 5G, I can imagine as well, all the services and, and automation that's happening with that as well. Um, so what are some other use cases that we might see smart contracts playing a role in? Um, yeah, so smart contracts, uh, another Use case that a lot of carriers are looking at is the area of um, intercarrier roaming um, contracts and and settlements. Uh, you know, through a blockchain, carriers can post their contracts and and their rates, and then uh, other partners can you know sign up and agree to those you know, through a smart contract. And um, with the blockchain, uh, those carriers instead of having to go in, having to go through a third-party you know, clearinghouse, uh, they, the blockchain can record and on a daily basis how much usage, voice and data usage is being consumed by those uh, subscribers as they're roaming on various partners' networks. That All that information becomes um, available in real time, allowing uh, the roaming partners to be able to settle up um, you know, mid-cycle, they don't have to wait until the end of the settlement period. And they can also, you know, see in real time and negotiate in real time new uh, rates and, uh, you know, new terms and conditions and, and even offer, you know, new services uh, back and forth to each other's uh, subscribers all you know, by virtue of the blockchain. That's, that's just one use case. Um, it's being also used uh, with IoT devices um, I know of one carrier that has uh, used blockchain to connect um, IoT devices connected to a lot of uh, wellheads in an oil field. And uh, the blockchain, uh, that technology prevents uh, hackers and other people trying to piggyback onto um, those devices or hijack those devices um, and you know, obtain you know, network services that way. Uh, there's another use case I heard recently of a carrier in Africa. Uh, they wanted to upgrade, um, I think about 25 of their cell sites from, uh, I think it was 4G to 5G, you know, technology. And that's, you know, a pretty hefty investment. And they use blockchain then to tokenize those assets. Uh, basically, you know, what a tokenization is, is it's taking a physical asset and, uh, and breaking up into, lots of smaller little virtual pieces. Uh, they then offered those tokenized assets in a kind of like a private uh, initial you know, offering uh, to investors. And so investors were able to then you know, 
uh, fund the upgrade of those cell sites uh, through blockchain. And then in ex once those cell sites had been upgraded, then the uh, carrier was able to pay back those investors again in a virtual currency. And um, so, so that's a real novel way to you know, leverage this new technology and ensure that uh, you know, everything is kept straight. Interesting. So, it, yeah, fascinating that that we're finding ways of, of it's really out of the box thinking of, of new ways to do things that we've needed to do, but in a, in a better, faster, more efficient, secure way. Interesting. Um, so what are some of the other key drivers that are really sort of lighting a fire under carriers right now to be looking at, at blockchains and smart contracts? So, so the main key driver is um, you know, cost savings. I would say it's a way for them to be able to offer more services uh, more quickly. So it, it increases their speed to market. Uh, and because you know blockchain, it's you know, virtual and it's built in the cloud. Uh, it, it makes it you know much easier for you know customers to interact and. Uh, with them and buy and sell services. You know, one example you know, I can think of is uh, a carrier who's installed a high-capacity circuit at a, a sporting event, uh, sporting location like a football stadium. And um, typically, you know, when you know those circuits were installed, a customer would have to commit to you know, like a 12-month minimum, you know, commitment in order to you know, pay for those services. Well, with uh, blockchain technology now, instead of um, locking customers into those, you know, long-term contracts, uh, customers can now sign up, you know, per event, uh, and sign up just for, you know, what they need—the bandwidth that they need—and and not be locked into those long-term commitments. Uh, other drivers are um, it's. Uh, it, of its real-time nature, so now uh, people can, um, you know, see in real time the status of their contracts and how much usage they're, you know, consuming or their, their customers have utilized on their networks, and um, ultimately it it reduces the amount of cost that carriers have to um, incur. So instead of having to support a lot of staff to to man these types of operations, a lot of these uh, functions are, can be virtualized and can be automated uh, and um, thereby reducing a lot of the manual costs and uh, making it uh, their existing services and new services a lot more profitable than they had been in the past. Right. So how does an operator go about creating one? Do they need an army of, of blockchain specialists to make this happen? Or, or I mean, you mentioned that they're still... One of the benefits, really key benefits, is helping to reduce some of the manual uh, labor required from some of these other processes, old school style. So um, what what does an operator do to kind of kick things off and get things started down the path? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of things to consider when you're building a, a, a smart contract uh, and taking, you know, a, you know that physical, you know, paper agreement and instantiating that into code uh, they really are you know quite complex uh, these I've, I've read through my terms and conditions with my wireless service provider and I've read MSAs and contracts for our on behalf of our clients and 
and it is a challenge. Um, you know, there's some ways to get around that. Uh, you can use, we use computer vision and machine learning, artificial intelligence to, uh, to, and robotic process automation to read through those contracts and extract the key billing elements and rates and terms and conditions and put them into reference tables that uh, our smart contracts can then utilize. Um, that, that's one approach. Um, another approach that um, and I personally advocate is you know, taking this as an opportunity to really rethink how smart contracts are, you know, will operate with the physical world. Uh, and uh, what I found to be most beneficial is, you know, agreeing to, you know, some standardization, you know, have a, a standard way that uh, services will be established and, and uh, that how they were going to be built. And then also um, a standard way in how uh, disputes will be resolved. If, if you can create a standard framework where customers can you know, submit their disputes and um, and have the smart contract or or another smart contract you know, linked to the original contract to uh, to be able to interact automatically with those customers and uh, and have a certain framework designed where they customers can resolve those issues them, themselves that makes it uh, a really neat um, approach to implementing uh, smart contracts. So what about the cost though? Is there, you know, you have to pay all these miners, is there much expense involved or any hardware or tools, special tools that you need? Uh, no, uh, basically all you really need is uh, an internet connection. So uh, you'll just, and then you'll also need um, public and private keys in order to you know, be able to contact and communicate with different blocks and other parties on, on that blockchain. Uh, there are some uh, blockchain technologies that are open source like Corda. And um, you know, so, so one could download Corda onto their desktop and uh, get connected uh, within uh, an afternoon. Uh, where the real expense and, and uh, difficulty lies is uh, integrating the uh, various APIs like uh, Sonata to to interface with your back office and uh, OSS uh, systems, uh, and then determining you know what information you want to you know, pass back and forth to that blockchain. Uh, there's also some challenges involved in uh, interfacing with different blockchain technologies. I mentioned Corda, uh, Ethereum is another one. There's also a few others out there, uh, but Ethereum and Corda are probably the two big ones uh, within the technologies that are being used within our industry. And uh, so there will be, there may be some uh, work required to, you know, build interfaces to exchange information between uh, the different uh, dis distributed ledger technologies and again between uh, the different OSS and BSS systems uh, within your business. So, um, do you think that what's going to be the driver behind all this in terms of of moving carriers uh, toward down this path? Is it is it going to be five G? Is it going to be security? I know that five um, G itself is so it's very dynamic, and they have big ecosystems with many partners and and complex 
service agreements. Do you think that that, to me, this seems like a good fit? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think 5G is an excellent fit for blockchain technology. Uh, as, you, as you know, there are, uh, you know, 5G allows for network slicing. And uh, with blockchain, you know, you can further segregate uh, different types of traffic and communications, you know, between uh, the different slices. And even within the same slice, you can you know, keep things, you know, separated, you know, certain information passed on one blockchain versus a different blockchain. Uh, another area, and probably the area where, where I see the most uh, benefit is in the area of um, the infrastructure of 5G. If you think about um, you know, you know, the future, there's going to be you know, thousands of more s small cell sites that will be required in order to support uh, 5G and ensuring that you know, it's ultra low latency, ensuring um, the network slices and, and all, all the uh, benefits that are being proposed for 5G. Now, uh, these small cell sites are you know, popping up all over the place. They're showing up on telephone poles, on, on power poles, on light poles, street signs, sides of buildings all over the place. And, um, Everywhere that they're being installed, there, there really is no common way of you know, managing that. Uh, every jurisdiction has its own unique building codes and construction requirements, design requirements. Further, all the different suppliers of these cell sites have you know, different ways that uh, they manage the ordering, the provisioning, the inventory, and ultimately the billing of those small cell sites. And so this is where blockchain can really benefit uh, carriers because with blockchain, then instead of having to manage all these different systems and all these different multi-step processes manually, blockchain can pull that information all together from all those different places and link it together in one central location, making it much easier for the carriers, uh, the suppliers, and the buyers of these small cell sites um, to manage. So is this... Um... Is this something that Tioco has been exploring? Are you are, are we using blockchain technology today on behalf of uh, any of our service provider customers? Uh, yes, uh, we are. You know, in trials, uh, looking at a number of different things uh, in in partnership with our customers. Um, we can't go into much detail about uh, that information right now, but um, you know, I look forward to being able to you know sharing on a future podcast or in a future blog article about uh, some of the uh, use cases that uh, that we've uh, accomplished with our customers. Absolutely. This is interesting stuff. So thank you, Jacob, for your time today. Uh, excellent discussion. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed our conversation as well. And if so, please be sure to share with your friends and coworkers. And also, follow Tioco on LinkedIn and Twitter to get updates on future podcasts and, of course, other exciting news. If you have any questions for Jacob or any topics that you'd like to hear about in the future, please send us an email to podcast at tioco.com. And for full access to our library of topics, please be sure to visit tioco.com, or you can find us on your favorite podcast platform to download more. From all of us at Tioco, thanks for joining. And until next time, stay curious. Stay connected and stay informed.